We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. There's a couple in the Old Testament uh, by the name of Abigail and Nabal. And if opposites attract, they were certainly opposites. Um, Abigail was wise and godly. Nabal was a fool. And he didn't care about anybody. And uh, David and his men, King David, were, they were protecting Nabal and his, his lands and his fields. And, and, and generally in that culture, when you would do that, you would receive some payment at the end of the season uh, for protecting and so David sent some of his men to collect the payment. And Nabal said, you're not getting any of it. And uh, he says, who are you? I don't know you. you. I'm not paying you. Deal with it. And so they went back and told David. And David was hot. He was mad. So he decided that what he would do is he would go with his men and kill every living person in that household. He was angry. Well, somehow, Abigail finds out about it, and she comes and secretly, without her husband's knowledge, comes and brings food and payment to David and his men. And she falls down and so forth before them and says, Please forgive the foolishness of my husband and receive this gift. And because of her wisdom, she saved her household. I want you to know, there are some situations where marriages aren't made in heaven. There are some situations where things are difficult. Uh, there are situations where there are difficulties between parents and kids, uh, between employers and employees. Uh, and we need God to come down in the middle of our relationships and give us His grace. And the wonderful thing about the Lord is He does care about the different situations in our lives and is always willing to provide the grace. Uh, Paul, in the former chapter, uh, was telling us that Jesus went up and He received gifts and distributed those gifts to the church so that they could serve God. But throughout the book of Ephesians, you see this theme of God's grace being given for this situation, that situation. And God's grace isn't just something that happens on Sunday. God's grace is intended to go through every day of the week for you and I. Isn't that a wonderful thing? God doesn't forsake us when we leave the church building. He is with us in the middle of our struggle. And so Paul, in writing this, he, he shifts gears a little bit and he he begins to focus on relationships within the family. Uh, he also mentions uh, the relation of slaves and masters, which is a little different than American slavery. Uh, but uh, it, they were usually household relationships. So he mentions them here in this context. Uh, God was, was not in favor of slavery in the sense of, of desiring that. Uh, but he did allow the, not American slavery, he allowed the kind of slavery where uh, if you were bankrupt and couldn't pay your bills, they didn't have chapter 11, you could, instead of going to jail and being in prison indefinitely, 
you could sell yourself into slavery for a certain amount of time and receive a payment uh, for that and pay your debts off with it. Also, if you were in poverty and you wanted to uh, sell yourself as a slave, you could do that. And uh, it would provide your needs. They would provide the, the food that you needed and so forth. So it was a little different than American slavery. God tells uh, uh, Philemon, uh, he says, listen, I want you uh, to consider Onesimus, your slave that had run away and had found Christ and been saved. He said, I want you to consider him as a brother. And he hints at the fact, he says, I'd like him to come serve me and, and work with me. And, uh, but you're, he doesn't outright say it, but he's implying if you would release him as your slave. He could do that for me, and that would be helpful to me. And so God's purpose, he says, if, if, you're, if you're in a slave and you can not be a slave as a child of God, that's a good thing. So that, that's just some background. But we're not going to talk so much about slaves and slave uh, masters as we are about employers and employees, because I think that's a similar relationship, and God provides grace for that as well. So uh, as God's people, we need to seek the Lord for the grace that we need for our relationships and trust him to give it to us. And the time my message is grace for relationships. And we're going to begin reading in Ephesians 5.21. Now let me just re- remind you, uh, 5.21 is connected with verse 18 where he talks about being filled with the Spirit. And, and in the original, uh, verses 19 through 21 go with verse 18. So, uh, what he's going to talk about is, is how being filled with the Spirit can affect your relationships. So look with me at verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just like Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ in the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Children, obey your parents as you would the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Don't work only while being watched in order to please men, but as slaves of Christ, do God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, slave or free, he will receive back from the Lord. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way without threatening them because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven 
And there is no favoritism with him. Grace for relationships. What kind of grace does God give us for relationships? Well, first of all, he gives us the grace to submit. The grace to submit. Um, Did you know authority is a blessing from God? I know our culture doesn't look at it that way. But God has given authority as a protection. He has given authority uh, as something to provide unity. Uh, And authority is a blessing from God. Did you know that the Bible says that Christ is the head of man? And man is the head of woman. So you say, well, I don't want to submit to my husband. Well, Christ submits to the Father. The husband is to submit to man. God has given us authority. Children are to obey their parents. Slaves or employees are to obey their employers. You see, these are authority relationships. We live in 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 a culture where that is just an anathema. People can't stand that. They say that is old-fashioned. That is uh, out of touch with where we are. We've come past that. Well, I don't think you can come past the example of our God. You know what the Bible says? There's a holy trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I do nothing but what my Father tells me to do. He, he lived his life. Jesus, the one who created all that is and holds it together by his power, says, I choose to submit to the Father. The Holy Spirit submits to the Father and to Christ. He says, I choose to submit and to bring glory to the Father and to the Son. You see, God has set us an example. And authority was never meant... To be marred by sin. That's the reason we have problems with it. Authority was meant to be something that was a blessing. Um, I think of, of my life and growing up in my, in my childhood years and having my parents tell me things that I didn't want to hear. Have you ever had that experience? And, and you, my parents would say, well, you can't do this. And, and I would say... Well, so-and-so does it, right? You, y'all, y'all have had that experience, right? And, and you, there's a, maybe there's a little bit of a frustration there. But you know what I found? I found that because my parents loved me, that authority was a blessing for me. And when I got past that time period of my life and I looked back on it, I was grateful for the authority in my life. Now, um. Somebody once said, anything with two heads is a freak. God has set up the husband to be an authority. Now, a wise husband will not take that authority and abuse it. Um, I had a deacon in my first church said, uh, he says, my wife uh, tells me I am the head of the home, and she is the neck that turns the head. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, the fact is that uh, if you're wise as a man, you will use your authority to protect, to bless, and to love. I want you to look and see um, what the Bible says here. Uh, The wives are submit as to the Lord. Now, 
I know some of you are thinking, my husband doesn't deserve me to submit to him. He's a jerk, okay? Maybe some of you are thinking that, okay? Uh, maybe you're thinking, I don't respect my husband. Why should I submit to him? You see, it's not so much about him as it is about the Lord. You submit to your husbands as to the Lord. When I was in the military, I had people that were an authority over me that I didn't respect. But guess what? I was called to respect that authority. Uh, in, in our circumstances of life, we do these things as unto the Lord. Think of it as an act of worship from your heart to Christ. That's what, what that's about. Now, let me say this. Uh, I was out one time uh, visiting with, with someone, and um, this lady began to ask me. She said, you know, my husband verbally abuses me. And she said, she said I'm just tired of feeling like uh, I'm a piece of gum under a boot. She said, I just feel abused and, and, uh, and worthless. You know, my heart just went out to her. I don't believe it's God's intention for a woman to stay in an abusive situation. I, I had another lady one time. I was preaching on uh, Malachi, and I was talking about a man covering himself with violence as a garment. And I mentioned that, that I didn't believe it was God's intention for, for a woman to stay in a relationship where she's being abused or her children are being abused. And after the, the service, this has been years ago, so y'all don't know who it is, but um, <clears throat> she, she came to me and she said, look, she said, I appreciate that so much. She said, I, I had people tell me when my husband was being physically abusive to me that I just needed to stay and be abused. She said, thank you for telling me that. I, I want you to know, God has consideration for the victim. He does. The scripture tells us that Hagar fled Sarai, in that case, was, was abusing her. And she fled from the situation, and God met her. Yes, he did send her back for a, for a season of time. Apparently that had stopped. But then later on, God tells Abraham, it's okay, because there was a problem that was kind of coming to a head between Sarah and Hagar. He said, it's okay, you can send her away. And God met her in the place of her suffering. And he provided for her. And he made a covenant with her about her descendants. I want you to know God cares for victims. So I, I don't want you to think that what this is is, is submission in the sense of, of being in an abusive situation. However, having said that, a lot of times the reason we don't want to submit has nothing to do with abuse. It has to do with the rebellion in our own heart. And you know what the Bible says? Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. There's something about rebellion that is just, just it, it breaks the heart of God. And so, rebellion can end up short-circuiting God's purpose for your life. So you don't need to go there. Uh, and that doesn't just go for the husband-wife relationship. That goes with children and parents. That goes with people of God and the government, as long as they're not telling us to do something that goes against God's word. So, um, God gives us the grace to submit. And it's not an easy thing to do sometimes. But here's, here's the thing. As you feel that struggle, you can come to God and you can say, Lord, here I am. 
I'm struggling with this situation. Will you give me the grace to submit and to trust you? Uh, By the way, did you know that you can pray for your husband that God would change his heart? My mother did that quite a bit. And you know, dad, dad dad would change his mind. She'd tell me about it and stuff, and she taught my wife that same dirty trick. And uh, she's used that on me. <laughs> so, uh, but, but recognize that you are still under the sovereign control of, of the Lord, and uh, he will take care of you. So uh, God gives us grace to submit. Secondly, God gives us grace to love. Now, the Scripture uses just a few verses on submission, but it uses more on love. And God describes what husbands are to do. Look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, and here's the clincher, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of the water by the word. So, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now, that's a tall order. I'm here to tell you, in my strength, I can't do that. In your strength, you can't do that. Christ loved the church with a perfect, holy love. That's what we're called to do as men. We're called to love when we don't feel like it. Aren't you glad that God didn't say those those people down there on the earth, they're just stubborn, they are uh, just, they resist me, they do things that anger me. I'm not going to love them, just let them all go to hell. Aren't you glad God didn't say that to us? What did God do? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the love of God. That's the love we're called to as men. It's a love that is perfect love. It's a love that is in spite of, not because of. That's countercultural as well. We have people go to the door. Well, I'm just not in love anymore. Love is not just a feeling. Love is a choice. Now, what I've found in my life is in those times where I make a choice, often the feelings follow. And God has a way of coming down into our situation and giving us the grace that we need. But, But we're called to love. And how did Christ love us? First of all, he left all the privilege of glory. I can't imagine that. One minute you're being worshipped by the angels. The next minute you're in a stinky stable. He was despised and rejected of men, the scripture says. He willingly lived his life for our sake. He laid it down. If I'd have been Christ, I probably would have gotten fed up, thrown up my hands and said, listen, I'm tired of trying to deal with this. Uh, All the religious leaders want to kill me. Uh, The majority of the people aren't listening. Uh, There's a few that are listening, but even they, they're not getting it. And, and, And here's what Christ had to deal with. But guess what? He ministered anyway. He loved anyway. And then, after all of his best friends forsook him in the garden, He willingly went to a cross 
to take the penalty for their sin. And he speaks to the Roman soldier who drove the nails in his hands. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's the heart of the love of Christ. That's what we're called to as men. That's huge. That's intimidating. The love of Christ, what does it do? Look at, look at what it says here in the Scripture. It, it, it is a giving of ourselves, verse 26 says, or verse 25 says. Gave himself. It is also something that helps her grow. Because what does Christ do? He makes the church holy, cleansing her with the washing of the water by the word. The, the implication is, husbands, we have a job to be a spiritual leader for our families. We share the word of God with them. Um, it also is, it, verse 27 says, Christ does this to present the church in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that. So, so the love is for the sake of the good of that spouse. Uh, then he says that it will love as they love their own bodies, verse 28. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it. If you go out of this church service and you say to your wife, the preacher said, you're supposed to submit to me. You have completely missed the point. What this scripture says is that you are to use the authority that you have to express love to your wife and to help her and to protect her and to help her become all that Jesus wants her to be. So, that's a tall order. Can I tell you something? I have failed miserably. I'll just give testimony. Many times in my, in my relationships in my home. Um, but there is forgiveness for that. Praise God. But there's grace. You don't have to stay where you are. If you blew it last night, if you blew it this morning on the way to church, you don't have to stay there. You can confess that to God. You can ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, love my wife. Love my kids through me. And God gives the grace to do it. Love that fellow co-worker that's difficult through me. Love that boss that's difficult through me. God will give you the grace. Ask him for it. So first of all, God gives us the grace to submit. Secondly, God gives us the grace to love. Thirdly, God gives us the grace to train. He's told the children to obey their parents, but he's, look at verse 4 of chapter 6. He says, fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We men tend to be, we've got the testosterone running through our veins. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I guess God gave us that so that we could do well in, in war and fighting and so forth and, and you know, and uh, defending our families and all that. But sometimes we take that and we use that in our homes to intimidate or to uh, put down someone else. He's saying, don't do that, dads. Be gentle with your children. Don't be harsh with them. Instead, bring them up in the nurture and training of the Lord. Can I tell you 
how woefully inadequate I feel in that. I do. How do I train my kids? I feel like my parents did a better job than I've done. Now, it's not because of my kids. I've got great kids. But I feel that. But you know what I've done? At different points in my life, I've said, Lord, I feel like I'm just not getting this spiritual leader thing down. Will you please show me how to be a spiritual leader to my family, how, my kids, my wife, and show me steps that I can take? And you know what? God has been faithful to do that at each step, at each stage of my life. And uh, he's given me ways to connect. And, and a couple of times, as I prayed for that, one of my kids will ask me a, a theological question. And we get in a big discussion about it, you know. And uh, it's amazing how if, if you invite God into the, into the whole picture. Guess what? We don't know what we're doing half the time, do we, as parents? We're doing the best we can, right? But God wants us to invite him in to the situation, uh, I remember uh, with one of my kids when they were when they were young, uh, I was having to do discipline so much that. Um, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with spanking your kids. God has made a place with plenty of cushioning. Uh, we're not to injure them or harm them, but but a little sting on the rear end is not a bad thing. It will help train them in godliness. But that that aside, um, I was having to do a lot of discipline and. Uh, I just kind of went, it felt like an adversarial relationship. Maybe you felt that. You've got a strong-willed child, you felt that. Uh, I just said, God, it just seems like we're button heads. Would you show me how to do this right? I, I just don't feel like I'm getting it. And uh, God somehow showed me that I needed to show more love. And I began to do that, and it was like magic. I, I, it was. And, and then one time my wife got this great idea. I've been praying about it. And, you know, she, she started, she, she made a suggestion. We, we started doing it, and, and it really helped us. So all I'm saying is this. God knows where you are. He knows what your gifts and weaknesses are. He knows what the, the strengths and weaknesses of your kids are. He knows what they need. Ask God to enter your situation and live through you. Uh, to be a good father to your kids, good parents to your kids. Uh, he will come and, and do that with you. Um, God is the perfect father, right? He's been a father for eternity past. God the Father, God the Son, right? He's a perfect father. Uh, I heard Charles Stanley one time share that uh, when he was growing up, his, uh, I think his, I don't know if his father had left or his father had died, but he didn't have a father in the home growing up. He didn't have a good example, and so when he became a father, he didn't really know what to do. And, and he's like, well, what, you know, I don't have a father. I don't have a, a model to follow. And he so, said, so, Lord, you give me wisdom on how to be a father. But, you know, I think that is such great, great wisdom. You know, sometimes the things our parents do are wrong. Sometimes we don't need to follow the pattern. Sometimes God may have a different way. Uh, so so let invite God into your situation to help you be a parent and to train your children as God would have you to. So God gives us grace to submit, grace to love, grace to train, and finally grace to work. Grace to work. Aren't you glad on Monday morning that you have grace to work? <laughs> 
You ever, you ever feel like, Lord, I just am not ready for the weekend to be over, you know? And, uh, uh, yeah, God gives grace to work. He says, slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling and the sincerity of your heart. Again, here you have it. As to Christ. Guess what? You're not working primarily for your employer. You're working for Christ. Don't work as your employer deserves for you to work. Work as Christ deserves for you to work. We ought to be, as Christians, we ought to be diligent. We ought to, we ought to not waste the time of, of those who are in authority over us at our workplace and, and, and consider that a stewardship. So, uh, we're to obey. God gives us grace to do that. Um, sometimes I've struggled. Have you ever felt it taken advantage of in a workplace? I have. Uh, and, and, you know, you speak with somebody, but they, you know, there's just injustice there. And it's hard to deal with. And, but God can give you the grace to say what you need to say, but also to be the kind of employee that you need to be. Here's the flip side of it. God can also give you the grace to be a good boss and to love the people that work for you. If Some of you are bosses in here. You probably know what this is like. Have you ever had somebody working underneath you that just drove you crazy? I mean, irritated the hound out of you. Wouldn't You, you had to sell them all the time just to get them to do the basics of their job. I mean, you're frustrated. It's good night. You know, here's everybody else pulling their weight, but this person just keeps on doing the wrong thing. Is that frustrating to you? God can give you grace to be a good boss. Uh, he can give you wisdom in how to deal with those situations. Sometimes I've blown it, and then I, and I've had to say, okay, God help me with this. I'm not getting this right. And sometimes I want to say something. You ever, you ever want to say, you just want to give somebody a piece of your mind? Okay, I'm just being real here. But I've felt that way before, and I, I just feel like, get, and I have to say, okay, God, should I speak to them? Sometimes I've felt led to speak to them, usually after delay where I cool off, right? Uh, but then other times I just feel like God tells me, shut your mouth. You see, God knows what our employees are like. He knows how to, to uh, help us be the right kind of boss. And so, uh, let God, invite God into that situation. Ask God to give you the grace and the wisdom that you need uh, to be a good boss. And here's the thing. He speaks about the fear of Christ. You remember, submit to one another in the fear of Christ. And he's going to go into which, you know, what, what roles and relationships. But then he says to the slaves and masters, he says, do this recognizing that you know, verse 9, both their master and yours is in heaven and there's no favoritism with him. What is he saying there? He's saying, recognize that God is sovereign in these situations. And that ultimately God will reward you if you're the right kind of boss or he'll discipline you if you're the wrong kind of boss. He'll reward you if you're the right kind of employee or he'll discipline you if you're the wrong kind of employee. So, recognizing that what we do in our relationships... By the way, did you know husbands? This one has really convicted me at times. 
In 1 Peter, it says that if we don't treat our wives the right way, God won't answer our prayers. Our relationships matter. So, invite God into your situation to live through you so that you can honor God in your relationships and He will honor you. What is it that shows the world that we as Christians are different? What does the Bible say? They shall know we are Christians by our love. Guess what? Relationships are an opportunity. As your relationship with the Lord is right and you're inviting Him into your situation, your relationships with others will be impacted and people will see Jesus in you. I'm not saying that everything will always go the way it should. Okay? That life will be perfect. That... Uh, you know, all the problems will be solved. But what I am saying is this. As you invite God into your situation, God can show a lost world Jesus' love. And that's impressive and awesome. Will you respond to God's work in your life and your relationships? And let me say this. The Bible says that when we We're dead in our trespasses and sin. God made us alive in Christ. We used to... Listen, our relationship with God, if you you know Christ today, you need to thank God because there was a death. There was no relationship there before Christ. And, And when you put your trust in Christ, God restores that relationship. He brings you to life spiritually. Some of you may have a child. You may have a brother, sister, mother, father who is away from God. And you say, what hope is there for this relationship? It seems like there's just death, that there's just hopelessness here. I want you to know, if God can bring dead hearts to life, if God can call to to dead bodies and bring them back to life, he can restore relationships. I had a couple in, in, a, in a former church that shared with me their, their son had gotten away from God in, in the military and uh, was doing things he shouldn't do and living, a, and living on a path that, that he shouldn't live. And, and for about two years, they prayed for him consistently, and eventually God changed his heart. I want you to know, God can enter those situations. He can lift us up. He can provide grace, right? What did he say in Ephesians chapter 1? This grace in you, this power in you, is like the power that God exercised when he raised Christ from the dead. That's the power that we have for our relationships. God is sufficient. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the amazing grace that you have given us. Uh, not just grace for to forgive us for our sins and to um, make us your children, but grace to help us live the Christian life. Grace for our relationships. And Lord, I pray for each person here and for myself, God, that you will give us grace for the relationships in our lives and help us be with you in this community. And Lord, let this lost world see the love of